Spencer Sue here, your tech realtor of the Bay Area, and welcome to another edition of my Tuesday Tip Series. This time, I'm going to be answering the question that I'm getting quite a bit, which is, what do I think of how the Bay Area real estate market will be because of all these work from home policies either being extended or some announcing that they have plans to do it indefinitely? Now, make no mistake, this is a very large change. And so without a doubt, this has opened up the opportunity for companies to be able to feel like they have the confidence to hire anywhere, not just the US then, anywhere in the entire world. So they feel like they can increase um, their uh, capacity, but also increase your talent pool by doing that. And then at the same time, some people from the Bay Area may decide to leave. And there are people that are leaving either temporarily or they'll be leaving for good. So there is a general trend of that happening. However, the question is, how large is that trend? And which impact, which area will be impacted by this the most? As of right now, if you took a look at my last video on Friday, you can actually see the market data update that I have shared, including the different effects of rent, but also the effects of home prices. And many people had assumed or thought that by reading that article that, um, that people will be leaving the Bay Area altogether to other areas. However, that's not happening. What's happening right now is people are leaving San Francisco to a lot of other areas. And there's several different reasons for that. If you think about San Francisco, if you look at the top five rental markets in the US, San Francisco is by far much higher than in San Jose and in Oakland right across the bridge. So you have this aspect where perhaps they were too inflated to begin with. An average one bedroom apartment is at $3,300 a month versus the others, even just in Oakland or in San Jose, is almost $1,000 less a month. So there is that aspect that people are realizing, why am I paying this high of amount and, and still staying here? Especially right now where it's a combination of companies that have the, the remote work policies, but also a combination that nothing is opened. So there's, no, there's not much of a benefit today for a lot of the reasons of why people would pay such a premium to live in this city which is San Francisco. So there is that aspect that people have to be aware of. The $3,300 a month is a 9% drop already of what it was previously, uh, at least year over year perspective. And so that's one important thing to be aware of. The other important thing is people are also realizing that why would I pay this amount of rent and why not I just buy a house? So they can actually buy a home for basically 750,000 or $800,000 um, and that would include the same payments that you would have as for a one bedroom place. And for the Bay Area, you have a lot of options if your budget is under $800,000. So there is a realization of people thinking, why, do, why am I paying this much? Uh, for rent and not just buying, especially with how interest rates are today and we're at record low numbers. And that's why you see from a market report perspective, you can see the data because if it was really true of people actually being able to leave and wanting to leave, then you should see prices, home prices decline. But what's happening is that there's been a fervor of home purchases outside of San Francisco that has been going sh straight up. So it's been very competitive in the markets outside of San Francisco. San Francisco absolutely has weakness when it comes to rentals and when it comes to 
uh, condos. Single family actually doesn't have much of an impact. It's actually still increasing. It's more of the condo living because it's a similar idea. Why would somebody want to pay or think they want to pay a million dollars, 1.2 million for a one bedroom or a two bedroom place with a high HOA where they can just buy a, a very nice home for under 1.2 all over the Bay Area. So there is some um, pre uh, pressures there, downward pressures for San Francisco, but everywhere else is, is taking a tremendous benefit of that improvement of, of those new clients moving out of San Francisco. The other thing that you can take a look at is look at the rental figures in, in San Jose and in Oakland. The year-over-year -year uh, amount for San Jose is relatively flat, but year-over-year -year, uh, in Oakland has actually increased. And so that gives you a little bit of a data point, like people are not actually leaving as much as you may think that they are. But there is, uh, they're not leaving out of the Bay Area, but they're leaving out of San Francisco. So that's something uh, to be aware of when it comes to you know, what is the actual impact of work from home? Because the data absolutely shows what is actually happening. The other aspect is you wanna be careful of reading the headline articles because it, it obviously gains a lot of, of eyeballs. I mean, everybody's talking about it. I'm getting asked these same questions like every single week. And so there's clearly a lot of excitement for people um, hoping that the Bay Area would tank all of a sudden. And so, and so it's important to be careful of just reading the clickbait headlines and really also read into the article and, and listen to the CEO's talk about how they foresee work from home. So an example is if you look at Mark Zuckerberg's interview, which people do not, look at his interview on CNBC. See how he explains how his vision of remote working will be. And it's not as exciting as the headline articles had actually shared. You can see he has a long-term plan. It'll probably take at least 10 years to move up to 50% of their workforce that's remote. But at the same time, it's gonna be a combination. There's gonna be a lot of people that are just hiring remote. There's gonna be a combination of uh, people that choose to move somewhere, you know, move away from the Bay Area or to the other areas that they have offices. Um, but at the same time, you also have to remember they're still a relatively small company of their size and their opportunity. And so that employee count is going to be a net positive still in the Bay Area. And how do I know that is the case? Because look at their corporate real estate portfolio. If you were a company or if you were owned a business and you felt like you did not need a corporate real estate space because everybody is truly working from home all the time, they would not be working and continue to work with the city on adding another million square foot of office space. If they're really that um, moving that way, they should be consolidating office space and they should be shrinking space, even right now, because if they really feel like they can outsource that much and they don't have that much uh, talent or that many people that will come to the office, they would do that, but they're not. You can see that across the board. So it's interesting to understand behind the headlines. And I know this because I worked in corporate real estate technology for a long time. I have a lot of contacts there. So it's, understand, it's important to understand that it's not as bad as it seems. Things are never as good as it seems either. So there's always a fine middle. And that's my goal is to try to just filter these uh, basically clickbait articles and show you what's actually happening, which you can see for your own eyes, this is all public information. So that's my general thoughts of what is happening with the Bay Area. Uh, things are not, you know, there's absolutely momentum 
there's downward pressure in San Francisco, without a doubt, um, on condo listings, but also on rents. Um, but you also have to remember, they were so high already. Their drop of the 9% year over year was from over 3,300. It's, it's now at 3,300. So it's important to understand like their relative amount is still a very big premium over Oakland and San Jose, which are still in the top five rental markets in the entire US, but it's still a huge gap from there. So even if it dropped another 25%, 30%, 40%, like it's still relatively high. So that's something really important to understand. Um, just it, it, percentages are important, but you want to also look at the absolute amount, especially for a one bedroom or a two bedroom place. Two bedroom, it hasn't actually dropped as much because people may actually want to move up from a one bedroom to a two bedroom place. Um, so that decline was significantly less. I think it was four or 5%. So I hope this paints you a, a picture of actually, actually what is actually happening. If you or anyone you know is on the fence uh, on real estate, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I'm always very uh, vocal about sharing the data so you can visually see for yourself where the market is at, what is actually happening, and the impact that uh, different uh, headline articles may have. That's why I do the weekly Friday uh, market updates. So um, any questions, feel free to let me know. Happy to help. I've been very fortunate to have a lot of wonderful clients actually uh, garnered through uh, these very conversations. So it's been a very rewarding for me. I have a lot of showings with new people that I've never met before because of this, because I just tell the truth and people really appreciate it. So if you like it, please like the, uh, hit the subscribe button. Be sure to smash that like button on, either on YouTube or if you're watching on Facebook or LinkedIn, please do so. Share with your friends as, as, as it's important for them to understand what is happening. And other than that, I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Hey podcast world, thank you so much for your support. I do post at least three shows a week. If you like the content, please leave a five-star review, smash that subscribe button, and share it with your friends. Looking forward to have you back at the next one. Bye now.